Joseph Smith Wigglesworth said, we shout before the walls come down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is so good. Amen. Amen. Well, as we pray, you know, there's just sometimes there's atmospheres. I believe there's an atmosphere of faith uh, here this morning. We have a number of uh, people, prayer cloths here. Just a couple with leukemia, one uh, diagnosed with lung cancer, one young boy uh, fracture in his vertebrae, but God, come on, and that sound of rattling, that resurrection life, that resurrection power, praise the Lord, it's still alive, it's never lost its power. Because Jesus is alive. He's raised from the dead, right? He's not in the grave. He's not just some uh, idol that we worship. He is alive. And that resurrection life and that resurrection power is resident even now. In Acts the 19th chapter, they prayed over handkerchiefs and aprons. And when they took them to the sick and the demon-possessed spirits, left them, their bodies were healed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The anointing is the same yesterday, today, and and forever. Amen? And if you have something in your body that's been hindering you, diagnosed, you've been struggling with, even right now is a place that as we pray over this, God is not a respecter of persons. The testimonies that we have of healing, if he did it for one, he'll do it for all. If he did it once, he'll do it again. Amen? And it's just really in that, that, that place where we are in the atmosphere, to hear in the spirit that things are happening, things are going on, to listen and to understand that healing power. It's talking about dry bones coming together in that land, being put together. There's a a power. Well, there's things moving in the spirit even right now. There's things working to bring things together, to equip you, to strengthen you, to heal your body, to set you free, to be effective, to walk throughout this coming year and the days ahead. Fulfilled, effective, successful. So we're going to extend ourselves to pray for these. But as we do, as you extend yourself to pray, believe God that he's moving in your body. He's moving in your situation. Father, we thank you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, on the basis of the blood that you shed when you laid over that whipping post, We understand that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you declared that by your stripes, we were healed. In the book of Acts, the anointing came upon handkerchiefs and aprons in such a way that when they were brought, the sick, the demon-possessed, those spirits that were hindering them left them. Their bodies were made whole. Father, we thank you right now, even as we pray over these claws, we command leukemia and the hold that it has to be broken command that blood to be strengthened to be made right those bones and cells to be made right the anointing would be strength to their bones purifying the blood creating the strength of the cells to bring health and healing command this vertebrae to begin a supernatural process of coming together, being totally healed.
with no residual results or pain. We speak to lungs right now in the name of Jesus. We command them to function as they ought to. Every hindrance, every sickness, every disease, everything that has attached itself, we command to come to naught. That healing, miracle working power take place to eradicate cancer, to eradicate blood clots, to purify that which has been damaged in the past. For you are God of right now, healing right now, moving right now, restoring right now. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that even now, you're working within the chemicals of that brain. Such confusion that even right now, you're bringing a balance into those chemicals. That clarity begins to come. The confusion and the anxiety and the pressure that comes with that confusion, we command it to be broken. Command that stronghold, that spiritual stronghold to be broken right now. And healing and restoration to come. Not to enter back into that confusion and the depression, the oppression that comes with it, but to be absolutely free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord, for healing feet. You said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Father, we just thank you right now for those who are having difficulty in their feet. Command healing to flow right now. That pain, constant pain and standing to go away. Healing. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your great grace moving throughout this place. Those who are watching in their homes, Meeker Campus, we thank you, Lord. You're moving by your healing power, by your goodness, and by your mercy. We thank you. We thank you for this day that you've made for us. We rejoice and we're glad. Thank you for utterance to speak as we ought to speak. Holy Spirit, grant us ears to hear what you're saying to us. I trust that you'll take the word and make it life to each and every one. Every person having a particular personal encounter with you today. That you might lead them, guide them, teach them. Anoint them and strengthen them for today and the days that are ahead. That truly we'd be lights in the midst of our sphere of influence, in the midst of darkness. We'd be savory salt to those around us who need to taste of the life of God. So we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise and thanksgiving for what will be accomplished in every heart and every life by your word and by your spirit. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? 
It's great to see you all. Welcome, New Creation Church, AM Service, Season 41, Episode 4. Glory to God. It's great, great to be with you all. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us by live stream. Meeker Campus, we want to welcome you this morning. It's great to have you all with us. I believe that God is doing tremendous things in every heart, every life. We've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I want to tell you this story. I've told you this before, but I was driving and I heard it. It just cracks me up every time I hear it. These four ladies, they were getting together for coffee and uh, as they do. And so they started talking about their sons. They were so proud of their sons. And so one lady says, my, my, my son is a priest. Every time he walks in the room, all the people say, father, they call him father. And, uh, um, Another lady says, well, uh, that's no big deal. Uh, my uh, son is a rabbi, and when he walks into the room, everybody says, oh, uh, great teacher. And the other mom says, uh, well, my son is a cardinal, and when he walks in, everybody says, your eminence. Everybody's just there, and one lady says, well, my son is six foot five and weighs 215, and when he walks into the room, all the girls say, oh, my God. I don't know. That just cracks me up. Anyway, look at somebody next to you say, the life of God dwells in me, and the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Open your Bibles with me to... Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, before we get into the word, I just want to uh, remind you, if you didn't know, we have a celebration of life service here on Saturday at 1 o'clock uh, for Sharon Heitening, and so you're invited to come celebrate her life, which was a, just a tremendous life and service to God, and so uh, we're going we're gonna to celebrate what she did, the people that she reached, uh, the goodness that she shared, so that's at Saturday at 1 o'clock, Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we have been uh, really launched into this year praying, and just to remind you, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, we'll be in here praying together, uh, continuing in our prayer. Uh, but as we've been praying, I trust that you all have been praying. God has been uh, showing you things. He's been dealing with your heart. He's been really moving things forward, moving them up uh, to move them out. And, you know, we hear those things, but I believe God is lifting us up right now because he wants to move us out, move us into spheres of influence, uh, places to see ourselves in such a way that there's great confidence in who you are in Christ, that you're called to the kingdom for such a time as this. You're not here by accident. I don't believe that we're in this room by accident. I don't believe that as we're praising and worshiping and the joy and the, 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 the shouting and the recognition of God is, is by accident. God's moving and he's, he's working and he's working to bring about things in our life and change and, and bring us up so that we can move out into places not looking ordinary but really shining as a bright light, being a savory salt. That's what Jesus said we were to be, that people could taste of our life and see, taste and see that God is good, right? Taste and see that God is good. And the goodness of God leads people to repentance or to change their direction or really initially to change their mind about God. And so we are different on purpose. We have something going on on the inside of us, directing us, guiding us, lifting us, strengthening us, moving us out on 
purpose. And so God, I believe, uh, you know, as, as Zane said, Psalm 65, that he has crowned this year with his goodness and that his paths, as we're walking them, drip with abundance. And as we said a couple, uh, you know, again, Zane reiterated it, but, you know, as I was praying at the end of the year, just seemed like I got this, and I generally don't get a, a rhyme or anything big, but uh, 2022 is the year to see it through. And so the things that we've been praying about, not to really end and say, well, we prayed our 21 days, we prayed to start off the year, but the things that you're getting, you say, well, I prayed for 21 days, I haven't got anything. Then you just continue to carry it through, to carry it through. Because, see, God's not just a great starter, but God is a great finisher. Sometimes we're better at starting than finishing, but God starts well, and God finishes well. And so Paul said to the Philippian church in, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, he said, the, the work that God began in you, the day that you made Jesus the Lord of your life, see, he started something. He didn't just make a plan and say, you prayed a prayer, now you get to go to heaven when you die. No, he came into your life and as Lord and started something. And Paul said what he started he has every intention, and he has the faithfulness to complete that which he started. Well, what did he start? He started something, a transformation in us that would bring us out from under the power of sin that restricted our freedom to be everything that we were created to be, and he broke the power of that and began to transform us from a sinner to one who was right, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, or from a sinner to a saint. Come on, saints. People will disagree with that, but you are a saint, right? You don't have to be approved after you die because you did so many miracles. Jesus engrafted you into his body. And these letters are written to the saints, the people of God. And we want to really make a transformation in our life so that we're not just calling ourselves Christians as a matter of habit, but that truly we are followers of Jesus Christ. We're following his example, and so we're carrying through his example. Whether we're there today or not, whether it's really, you know, we see a great change or not, we set ourselves, we pray, we begin to see things taking place differently in our life. And so in Philippians chapter 3, I love this, this portion of scripture. And just as we begin to carry out what we've been praying out and continue to pray it out, Paul had this quest. Everybody say quest. quest. Come on, sometimes we just need to look and say, you know what? I have a purpose for this upcoming year. I have something that I've set my mark on. I've set my focus on. If somebody asked me, why am I doing what I'm doing in a certain day, I could tell them why I'm doing what I'm doing because it has an end. It has a purpose. I'm not just looking for relief. I'm not just looking to, to get through the day, but I'm doing what I do with a purpose in mind, a focus in mind. Why do I do what I do? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves that. I was talking to the youth a couple Sunday nights ago, and really, you know, to actually be able to answer, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I believe what I believe? Sometimes, well, I'm a Christian. Well, why do you believe that? 
and we get caught. We should be able to have an answer and know why I believe what I believe. And so, you know, when we bring together, why do I believe what I believe? What, who's been in my life to teach me and to impart those things to me? Where have I been gathering together? I believe what I believe, and I believe that I have a calling. I believe I have a purpose. I believe I'm a part of something bigger. I believe God has a plan for me to influence people. And so I begin to see that there's something going on that's much greater and much bigger. And Paul saw that, something bigger than himself. And so uh, here in Philippians chapter 3, you know this, he's been, he said, if somebody wants to brag about what they've done, we could brag all day about what we've done, and I could probably top your bragging. But I don't want to be found in my accolades. I don't want to be found in my accomplishments. I just ask you this question today. If somebody came up and found you in a situation How would you want to be found? Would you want to be found in distress? Would you want to be found in anxiety? Would you want to be found in a troubled marriage? Would you want to be found as one who is sickly and and poor? How would you want to be found? Because Paul stated this. He said, I know how I want people to encounter and how I want them to find me. Right? He's just saying, you know what? Somebody could come up and say, how are you today? And they could find out or find that you're in distress. They could find you as a happy person. They could find that you have difficulty with your teenagers. They could find you in a lot of different situations. But Paul said this. He said, my aim or my goal, verse 9 says, and to be found in him. To be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, that righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. See, Jesus didn't raise from the dead to make bad people good. He raised from the dead to make dead people alive. Come on, he raised from the dead to take dead things, things in our life that are decaying, they're getting worse and worse, and he came to make them alive and turn it around and make them better and better. If your marriage situation seems to be decaying and going down, resurrection power will turn that around and make it better, make it alive, make it what God wants it to be. If your teenager's gone away and you see they're going down a path of unrighteousness, and and we know that leads to death, that we begin to pray and know resurrection life turns that around. Paul said he wanted to see things turn around. And God didn't just come to make bad people good. He came to take dead things and make them alive unto God again. That's why we don't ever want to drag around. We want to know that there should be a pep to our step and a glide to our stride. And when we wake up, we're alive unto God. Whether you feel like it or not, whether your brain tells you or not, because of Jesus, you are alive unto God. And we look at it and say, I'm alive unto God, which means I have a purpose. There's no reason to drag around today. There's something that God has for me to do. Verse 12, it says, not that I have already attained. Somebody say, not that I've attained. attained. All right, so we're not, Paul is saying, I'm not perfect. I'm not expecting this perfection, but I am expecting focus on something different. He said, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that For which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Somebody say forward. Forward. 
reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the, upward pri- for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let as many as are mature have this mind. And if anyone of you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So it's all right. If you don't see it right now, just pray. God will start to open up. There's a divine purpose for you. That there's something in the power of his resurrection. There's something in the knowledge of him that will lift you, mature you, complete what God has started in you. Verse 16 says, nevertheless, to the degree, everybody say degree. degree. To the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So he says, we're, we're here, we, we look wall to wall. Everybody is moving at a different place of growth. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about focus. Where are you going to go this year? What's your, are you going to press towards something? Are you going to finish what you started? Again, if we get this role into this year, we'll carry it into next year and the next year till Jesus comes back. But he's working in us. Paul said, I'm looking. My accolades, the things that I was focused on through all this time, I found out they're not bad, but they're nothing compared to focusing on knowing him and the power of his resurrection. So God wants us to be found, not in dire situations. He wants us to be found not in in worry and stress and anxiety. He doesn't want us to be found troubled and poor and destitute. He doesn't want us to be found uh, overwhelmed with what's going on in society. He wants us to be found in him. The more we acknowledge our life in him and who we are in Christ and the identity that he has given to us, right? You're not broke down. You're not weak. You're not troubled. You're no longer bound by sin. You've been set free. You've been strengthened. You've been anointed. You've been healed, delivered, set free, made whole, and prospered by the power of the blood of Jesus. Now, the enemy might be telling you something different by circumstances, but the Holy Spirit tells you right now by the word of God who you are. And he says, your faith can become communicable, the things that you begin to discharge or dispense to others, because this is the dispensation of the church. This is the dispensation or the age of the church or the age of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit pours out into individuals of the church and the church dispenses the goodness of God. And so we have a hope. Come on. We have a hope. We have a desire to get close enough to people that they can push your button. When you go to lunch tomorrow or today and you go into the restroom, just go into the restroom just for the fun of it so you can wash your hands, so you can push on the soap dispenser, so you can understand just small, small thinking, but I am the church. I'm a member of the church, and it's the dispensation of the church. So I am a dispenser. So just as I reach out and, and the soap comes out, because it's a dispenser, that if someone gets close enough to me to, what's coming out? Come on, what's coming out? So if somebody, and worry and stress comes out, then you're found dispensing worry and stress. If 
All of the politics come out. You're found dispensing that, those talk patterns. But if now anointing comes out, encouragement comes out, the word of God comes out, now we're found in him. He said your faith becomes communicable. Glory to God. Take the mask off. In faith. You want to spread this. We've learned a lot about communicable diseases. Well, we have a faith that is supposed to be communicable. And he says, your faith becomes easily communicated as we are acknowledging every good thing that is in us as we are in him, engrafted into him. All right, four things that Paul really talked about that I believe that we can grab a hold of. Number one, we just talked about this. He said, I want to be discovered I want to be discovered in Christ. I want to be discovered in Christ. I want people to find me in Christ. I want people to know who I was, but to understand the reality of Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me and I in him. And the life that I now live in this flesh body is a different kind of life and a different quality of life. I want people to know that my quality of life is better than it's ever been. In 2022, my quality of life is better than it's ever been because it's not based on how much money I have. It isn't based on what other people say about me. It's not based on other things that I feel or see. It's based on what I know about my identity in Christ. Paul said, I want to be discovered in him. Look, at Paul was in prison. Paul was left stoned uh, and left for dead. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was in a lot of different circumstances and situations. He said, you can find me in a lot of situations, in a lot of circumstances, but wherever you find me, whatever circumstance that you find me in, you will also find me in Christ. And so though he was shipwrecked and, and, and thought everybody's going to be left for dead, because he was in Christ, he prayed, and he could encourage people, the ship is going to be lost, but not one of your lives will be lost. Why? Because though we're in this shipwreck, I'm in Christ, Christ is in me. And I, I, I've let that loose, I've dispensed that, it's going to cover all of you who are with me. Come on. So you can be found in a lot of different circumstances and still be found in the midst of that circumstance in Christ. Yeah. And people discover that we're different when they find us in the same circumstance that they've been in, and the circumstance creates dread and worry and division and strife and sickness and disease. And we're found in the same circumstance, but there's hope and there's power yeah. and there's faith yeah. and there's anointing. Because in that, we've been found in Christ. He said, this is what I want. I want to be found in the righteousness that comes through God. And I want that grace to be seen and found in me. Number two, he said, I want to know him fully. I want to know him, not just experientially, but I want to know him experimentally. I was studying this some years back, and I thought, now that's weird, because I've always seen experiential knowledge as a full knowledge. To say the way you get a full experiential knowledge is through experimental knowledge. You say, well, what, what's that? 
Well, there in, in First Peter or Second Peter chapter one, verse two, he says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord." As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. He goes on to say that we've been delivered from the, 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 the corruption that's in the world through lust. He said, for this very reason, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control. In other words, start putting things into your life and finding things into your life, experimenting with goodness and morality and all that stuff, and all of a sudden you start to find through adding a moral standard to your life, a knowledge to God, adding some perseverance and patience, you begin to get to know him better through what you're applying in your life. You say, well, I don't know if that will work. Go ahead and experiment. Go ahead and put a few things together. Go ahead and try what God said to do. And I know in faith we don't try those things, but just stay with what I'm saying. Sometimes we're just afraid to step out because we don't know what will happen. Well, go ahead and experiment. Go ahead and step out and do what God said to do. Watch your faith meet the anointing. And that supernatural catalyst come together and create a spiritual dynamic. Rather than a chemical dynamic, create a spiritual dynamic that is released in power. He said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know that power that makes old things new. I want to know that power that will change my situation. The situation that you say, I don't know if that could ever change. I don't know if my marriage could ever change. I don't know if my kids would ever turn around. I don't know if my financial situation could ever turn around. I just don't know what, I mean, it's been this way for so long. He said, if I knew him in the power of his resurrection. Now listen, in order to know the power of his resurrection, you have to know the fellowship of his sufferings. There is no resurrection without a crucifixion. So he said, I want to experientially know him in the fact that I'm going to go ahead and go through the suffering of crucifying my flesh so that the Spirit of God through my spirit can raise me into a newness of life. See, we all want resurrection power. We want to hear the rattling of dry bones. But he says, you're going to have to go ahead and feel that suffering of Jesus, not hang on a, a literal cross, not he bore our sickness, he bore our disease, he bore our pain. But one thing he had to do is he knelt down in the garden and he said, if there's any other way to do this, that would be awesome, but not my will, but thy will be done. He had to put away his desires for God's desires. He had to set aside his flesh so that resurrection life could come, that he could be glorified in the resurrection. And even as he was glorified in the resurrection, when we die with him, we're raised in that same glory of the resurrection in a newness of life. Paul said, I want to experience. Somebody say experience. experience. I want to experience this resurrection power. Where do we first experience it? In the transformation in our own spirit man. To see that there's a change. My want to has changed. I don't want to do those things that the old person wanted to do. I don't want to. I've raised from the dead. 
Instead of struggling with temptation, I don't want to anymore because I laid it all down. And I said, this all dies with him. The old flesh nature dies with him. I've accepted him as Lord. And I died with him. I was buried with him. And I raised with him. And so my desires are new. My outlook is new. My purpose is new. Come on. So well, I'm not there. That's why we read this. Paul said, you might not have attained yet, but if you start looking for it, Come on. if you start focusing and moving yeah. towards it, you're going to start getting a hold of it. Yeah. So he said, I want to be discovered in Christ. I want to know him experientially and intimately. Number three, he said, I want to be empowered by the resurrection power. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, when it dwells in you, it quickens your mortal body. It brings energy and life. It brings that pep to your step. Certainly, it drives out sickness and disease, but it also brings with the purpose of why you're raised out of the deadness of sin, to have fellowship with God, to do something with purpose this year, to reach out to other people and show the goodness of God. There's a strengthening that goes on in your inner man. To live from the inside out. To live from the inside out. You know, that, that old Disney movie, Inside Out, had all those characters in, in the brain, you know, the anger and the, 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 the compassion, and you know, all those things are running around. But there's something going on the inside of you that the Holy Spirit is on the inside ever working in you to will and to do of God's good pleasure. And he says it's up to you and I to work out what he's doing in us to the outside of us. Not work outside in, but inside out. Because that's the power of the resurrection. It's working from the inside out, not the outside in. If we're looking for something to change out here first, it's probably not going to. But when it changes in here first, it looks different out here. When you begin to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ, somebody can say there's something bad about you, but you say, listen, in Christ, that's already being worked on. That's being worked out because I'm working out the things of my salvation with reverence to God that he's at work in me and I'm working with him to work the things out. And he said, number four, I want to participate. I want to have the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to participate. I want to know and understand what it's like to lay down the old man and the struggle that it takes to lay down the old man. Because it is a struggle. Anybody ever found that out before? <laughs> Your old man likes life support. He's like, go ahead and crucify me on Sunday, but keep me on life support in case you need me on Wednesday. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sunday's good, but by Wednesday, you know, work, the world, everything, you might need some flesh working. He said, just go ahead once and for all, experience truly laying it down, counting the old man dead indeed to sin and the new man alive to God. If I'm alive to God every single day, my outlook, my fellowship, my purpose is always different. I'm alive unto God. I'm not just trying to get by. I'm strengthened to get through this day with purpose. I'm strengthened with his mighty power. There's a strength on the inside of you that's stronger than anything that you had ever experienced before. It's called resurrection life. 
It's the power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same spirit that hovered over the waters in creation and created all things. God said, I don't want to just be with you. I want to be in you because I have a greater plan, a greater purpose. He said, I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. Turn over to Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 7. It's talking of Jesus. He said, let this same mind be in you. He just said earlier, let this mind be in you. He said, he made himself of no reputation, but taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearances of man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and on earth and, the, uh, and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He said, this is really what, if I'm going to understand the fellowship of his sufferings, is he gave himself and humbled himself under the mighty hand of God, and he was obedient to the will of God. The will of God for your life is to not die on the cross for humanity. But the will of God for your life may be to give yourself for the person that you work with. To give up something of your time to minister or go next door or to share life or to stretch forth your hand and to pray for somebody when it's not comfortable for you, but it may be God's will to do that. But when you humble yourself to obey God, God begins to lift things and move you up and to move you out so that you can experience that fellowship with him. Paul said, not that I have already attained to this full resurrection life. Not that any of us have fully attained. But if we're looking to that as a focus, a measure, to become more like him, to die out to the past so that the future is more defined for us, Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, we begin to see who Jesus is. We begin to know him. We begin to allow our life not to be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind into that same image that our goal is to know him in the power of his resurrection. The mark of the high calling is to be totally transformed and look like him. That we together rise to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That individually we look like little, uh, you know, Jesus, we're growing and we're developing, but together corporately we're growing as a body to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that he can do that. So since he hadn't apprehended yet, he said, but I do this so that I know that I'll keep my focus and one day my goal is to get a hold of what got a hold of me. Number one, he said, I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to pursue it. Can you make your pursuit your, what are you chasing? Sometimes people get frustrated. They're like, I don't know what I'm chasing. It just seems like I'm chasing a dollar. It just seems like I'm, I'm trying to do this and do that. What are you chasing? What are you pursuing? He said, listen, I'm going to pursue the prize of the mark of the high calling. What are you going to pursue? He said, this is what I got to do. I got to pursue it. 
And why am I going to pursue it? Because I want to get a hold of what has gotten a hold of me. I want to get a hold of it. James, come here for a minute. You, James, I've been eyeballing you all day since worship. I don't know exactly how they do it uh, these days, but when I was playing football, you know, they said, uh, you got to get a hold of the guy. If you ever watch even professional football, these guys run up and they think they're strong enough and they, and then the running back runs down the field. You're like, what kind of tackle was that? What kind of tackle was that? But you know, if you're an NFL uh, uh, player, that in order to tackle somebody, a good tackle, you got to get a hold of them. And when Paul is talking about apprehending and getting a hold of, he's talking about that. So you got to run and you got to stick your head right here and you got to wrap the guy up. <laughs> right? And I was going to drop him, but I figured he wouldn't do that. All right, you can sit down. Come on, when was the last time? When was the last time you just stuck your head into the word of God? You just stuck your head into the presence of God and wrapped your hands around it and said, this is mine right now. I got a hold of this thing. <laughs> Excuse me. He said, I'm trying to get a hold of what got a hold of me. I'm trying to get in the same fashion that he reached out and got a hold of me to take me out of sin. I'm going to get a hold of him. And I'm going to bring this thing in tight, not just bump up against it and think I can knock it down, but I'm going to grab that thing and hold on to it all the way until we've accomplished what we set out to do. Come on, if you watch football today, so you got a couple of assignments. Go out for lunch, push the soap dispenser, and imagine yourself dispensing the anointing. And then go home and watch football and watch how many of those guys miss tackles. And watch how the ones who really make a tackle get a hold of what they're grabbing a hold of, what they're trying to tackle. You got to get a hold of what's got a hold of you. Thirdly, he said, you got to forget what's behind. In order to pursue what's ahead, you can't keep looking back. A runner never wins looking over his shoulder to find out where other runners are. A runner never wins looking over his shoulder, looking where everybody else is at. Thank God we have the body. We're running together. But if you're looking, comparing yourself by yourself, you're never going to be as efficient running your race. If you're wondering where everybody else is going, what they're doing, you'll never be as efficient as when you find out this is my focus, this is my goal. And I'm going to look at that goal. And I'm going to become more and more like Jesus, whether I've attained to it or not. I'm moving towards the prize of the mark of the high calling. Being changed, knowing him intimately and personally, knowing the power of his resurrection, knowing the transforming power that takes the things that were killing me off and are decaying and bringing decay into my life and trouble into my life and laying those down and experiencing the resurrection that's taking me into full purpose and influence of my life. And the fourth thing, he said, I press, I press towards the prize. He said, listen, you got to pursue it, but there's going to be times when there's something coming that is resisting you getting there. 
And then that's when that power, that same dunamis power that, that, that uh, withstands resistance. One de definition to that dunamis power is that it withstands resistance. Paul said, there's going to be a place where I'm going to be in a press. I'm going to move forward even when there's resistance. Even when there's a place where it seems hard, I'm focused and I'm going to press forward knowing that there is a prize to the high calling of Jesus Christ in my life. 2022, I believe, is a year to see it through. It's a year to start you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I just need to get started. Maybe you need to get started again. You say, if somebody found me today, I've pretty much totally abandoned my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm, I've got trouble. I'm living in that trouble. If you found me today, you wouldn't find me. It wouldn't look like I'm in Christ. I'm in trouble. Maybe you need to rededicate your life this morning. If you're here this morning and say, you know what? I just got to get started. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. You may not fully know what we talked about, this power of the resurrection, but when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you're making a statement that says, I know that I need Jesus, and I'm going to lay down, I'm going to repent of the life that I was living, and I'm going to lay that down, I'm going to turn from where I was going, and I'm going to turn to Jesus, and I'm going to allow him to be the Lord, the master of my life, to come in and start this brand new transformation, this newness of life, to begin to work in my spirit, but begin to work with my soul, my thought patterns, my decision-making, and my body, the strength, the healing, the direction that I live every single day. Today is your day, and today is the day of salvation. If you're there, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm not going to ask for every head to bow and every eye to close, because just seems right today to say if you're here you need to rededicate your life or you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life just slip your hand up it's not something to be embarrassed about it's something we're going to pray and I believe through that action to say I'm in I'm in to carry this thing through to the end it's just a bold statement of your faith he said if you'll acknowledge me before men I'll acknowledge you before my father and the angels in heaven so if you're here today you say I want to rededicate my life I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Raise your hand right now. I want to pray with you this morning. Anybody at all? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up? Perchance somebody's watching. They got their hand up. They're watching by live stream. We're going to pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning. And I'm ready for a brand new start. I need you as my Lord, my Savior. So I repent of my sin. I believe that you died for my sin. God raised you from the dead so that I could be forgiven and made righteous. So right now, I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me, restoring me to relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer, uh, go on to our website, uh, share your story, and uh, tell us that you made Jesus the Lord of your life. We want to send you some stuff that will help you uh, begin this journey so you can walk it all the way through. 
press to the mark of the high calling. In Jesus' name. Say this we go. What God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. Thank <clears throat> you.